Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Coaching Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor. And you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guests today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. Today's guest is Alan Heyman. Alan, how you doing? Hey, Thomas. It's good to be with you today. I'm doing so well. Awesome, awesome. Alan Heyman has a knack for coaching fellow introverts, helping them find their superpowers in an extroverted world. Alan also specializes in coaching through transitions. That's, that's amazing right there. He brings a warm, open, and energetic presence to his coaching clients. To date, Alan has coached leaders who were born in 19 countries and worked on five continents. You missed the world, world renowned right there, man. Mr. Worldwide, world renowned. Look at you. <laughs> All from the comfort of my own home in, in, in the U.S. mostly, right? Awesome, awesome. So, Alan, let's dive into your story, man. I want you to give us the two-minute version of who you are, how you got started. Absolutely. So, as you mentioned, I'm an executive and leadership coach. Uh, I do work for myself. And I had a 20-plus year career in communications and marketing before becoming a coach and launching out on my own. So, I've not been an entrepreneur for many, many, many years. I'm like probably yourself and, and many of your listeners, I would imagine. Uh, it's, it's fairly new. I'm still learning uh, the journey and coming in contact with a lot of great fellow practitioners who've been at this for, for quite a long time. So uh, seven or eight years ago, I was in a leadership position doing a communications role for a large international nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And it was in that role that I hired my first executive coach that I actually first heard of what an executive coach was and how they can help. Uh, and had just a, a career transformation as a result of, of the work with that coach. We're still in touch. I've actually done a little bit of work for her as part of her practice, which is kind of neat. Um, but I really took that with me and I understood how it could help people and went through a couple of other career iterations between that point and the present day and just really understood after a while that coaching brings together a lot of the things that I've done throughout my own career and a lot of things that I really enjoy doing. Uh, so you have, as, as you know from your own work, the potential to really reach thousands of people through the leaders uh, that, that are, are running organizations today. Mm -hmm. Yes, you, definitely, definitely, man, definitely. Um, and the fact that you went towards a coach, you, you, you was looking for ways and means to better yourself. That shows that you're looking to always work towards becoming better, man. You know, it's all about invest self-investment. You have to invest in yourself. You do. You do. And, and growth is always possible. It's 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 possible at any stage. It's it's never too late. Uh, it's never too early. And, you know, I think coaching can come along and it can offer people a lifeline, as it did when I was in that position uh, mm -hmm. where I hired my first coach. Uh, as you mentioned in the introduction, it's it's a great tool to use in transitions where certainly you can bring yourself through a transition. And I've, I've done that myself a number of times in my career. Uh, but, but having the accountability piece and the challenge piece and the, the partner along with you uh, can accelerate things. It can help you find direction much more quickly and much more meaningfully. Yes, indeed. So, Alan, where are you from? <laughs> so I was born uh, in Chicago, Illinois, and, and okay. raised in the Chicago area, uh, went to uh, college in the Chicago area, and uh, ultimately found myself in downstate Illinois for a few years before moving to the D.C. area where I've lived since yeah. 2000. 
Nice, nice. So what got you into coaching? Because I, I know you found a coach, you started working with a coach, but what made you decide to go towards that direction yourself? So the things that I enjoy, and, and these are things that I enjoyed and really got a lot of meaning out of during the course of my career prior to coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, communicating is, is my stock and trade. It's my background. I was a journalism major, worked in marketing communications for many years, and a lot of coaching is that, that, that art of conversation. Yes, Starting my career as a journalist, active listening, asking people questions, helping to draw out their stories is something that I, I love to do. Uh, finding meaningful relationships with people is something that I love to do. Mm. And uh, helping leaders along and helping them have a greater impact on the world through the work that they do with the teams that they lead is something that I've always enjoyed doing. So the ability to bring those things together and make a practice out of them uh, while making a living for myself in the world and uh, setting my own schedule and defining you know, where and how and when I wanna work has been amazing. It's been a privilege, honestly. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T. Dot com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Yes, indeed, man. You know, being the sense of independence and freedom, but even though it's freedom, but you still have to work because you work <laughs> because working for yourself sometimes you you have to work even more. <laughs> sometimes you do. I've, I've heard it said that entrepreneurs are the only people who will work eighty hours a week for themselves to avoid working forty for somebody else. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed, man. I can test to that. <laughs> yeah, it's, my experience doesn't completely track with that, but I've certainly I've, I've I've been in that game for a while. Definitely, definitely. So, why did you choose to work with um, leaders? Um, is there a certain um, reason for that? Is that is that is that is that is that your comfort zone? Do you feel comfortable with working with folks that are within the C-suite? Um, I, you know, I've worked from the C-suite on down to the individual contributor level, and I, okay. I I wouldn't say that I have a strong preference for one level over another. Mm -hmm. uh, and and as you know from your work as well, leadership can take many forms. So most mm -hmm. of the people that I coach are managing others uh, or managing others who manage others for a living. Uh, but there are individual contributors who own you know, a product or a program or, or, you know, are serving in some sort of a leadership capacity on a nonprofit board is another space where I spend some time coaching. So I would say anybody who is curious, who has growth in mind and whose work has an impact on other people directly uh, is, is a good candidate for what I would call leadership or, or executive coaching. It, it does not have to be the CEO of an organization. And one of the things that I'm really enjoying about the work now is that when coaching started, it really was this elite thing that only you know the privileged few could afford and only the, the top levels of an organization would consider doing. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it has filtered down and, and more people are starting to see the, the worth of it. There are more coaches than there used to be. So there's more work to go around for more practitioners. And 
uh, some of the organizations I've been involved with since I became a coach have really worked to, to spread coaching uh, among large groups of people who would not have had access to it before. Yes, indeed. But even though there are lots of, there are lots more um, coaches within like the whole um, field, but yet, yet again, everyone's not the same, right? There's no. quantity, it is quality over quantity. So this is why as a coach, you have to constantly um, invest in yourself, constantly work towards making yourself better and, you know, make, 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 make sure you pour into yourself, right? So, so you, you could give more towards your clientele. So what's your coaching style? You know, I know when it comes to coaching, it's all about asking the right questions and trying to get to the root cause of the, the clients on problems. But what's your coaching style, Alan? So I, I tend to bring four things into every engagement. And, and first, let me say that one of the very first things I learned when I was starting my business is that I am not the coach for every single client. And the good news about that is that I know a great number of coaches who are in my network or who I went to school with okay. uh, who are really suited to different sorts of personalities or different stages in life or, or what have you. But, but to me, the most important thing in choosing a coach, provided you've got you know, a list of candidates who are all qualified, is, is how well does it fit? Mm -hmm. So you're going to be spending you know, six, nine, 12 hours, one-on-one -on -one, talking about some really heavy confidential stuff with this person. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. How does it feel? Does it feel good after you have that exploratory phone call? If it does, that's your coach. So all that being said, if, if we've gotten the fit conversation out of the way, I would say I, I bring four things to just about every engagement. Okay. And, and one is reframing. So coaches look at situations upside down, backwards, forwards, and sideways, and can express how things look from a different vantage point. And that in and of itself can be very valuable because if you're if you're looking this way and that's all you can see because you're in the weeds of the situation, a coach can zoom out a couple of levels and that, that can be very helpful. Uh, another thing that I bring to my clients is curation. So there's a lot of resources for leadership development and coaching out there. You know this, uh, you know, <laughs> 20, 30,000 books on leadership if you look on your favorite online bookseller. I haven't read all of them, but I, I read a lot of them and it's my job to read a lot of them. So even though I'm a generalist, I was a journalism major and I'm not an expert on any one given thing in the world, I tend to know who the experts are on the issues that come up in coaching over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so I'll bring in those, those podcasts and TED Talks and books for the clients who want to go deeper on, on the subject matter. Uh, the other is accountability. So, mm -hmm. you know, talking about something uh, as simple as a new habit at the beginning of a new year is something that everybody wants to do. You know, we have our resolutions, we're going to eat better, we're going to get fit, you know, and things tend to work better when you're accountable to somebody else for them. So if I am going to make an action plan with my client and we're going to take these five actions over the course of the next two weeks and they know I'm going to come back and ask about that action plan in the next session, they're going to do it. They're going to be more likely to do it than if they just kind of follow the program on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last thing is challenge. So one of the things that I have found with leaders is that the more successful they get, the higher they climb in organizations, the more they tend to be surrounded by people who tell them things that they would like to hear or who think similarly to the way that they do. It's the bubble. And we've seen this, you know, at the highest rankings of, of the U.S. government at times, uh, recent times. We see it in large organizations and blind spots can develop if you don't get the diversity of perspectives around you that you need. So part of my job as the coach is to kind of ride that balance of support and challenge and know that I'm going to be on your side if you're my client. I'm going to be your ally and your advocate, but I'm also going to challenge you. So if something really doesn't make sense from my perspective, I'm going to say that. And I'm going to say that without attachment to your outcome, because my 
marriage to you or my status as somebody on your team or my mortgage or what have you doesn't depend on the outcome of that conversation. So I'm at a little bit more liberty to express myself and, and apply the challenge. So those are the four things that I bring. And those are four powerful things that you bring. Four powerful things. And um, without without challenge, there's no growth, right? That's you have right. to go through challenge, right? How is diamond formed? Through constant pressure, right? How does a butterfly um, get to become a butterfly? The metamorphosis, yeah. right? So there's different steps. You have to, you have to go through the hardship. You have to go through the, the aches and pains sometimes. But having a coach to guide you makes it much more bearable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it, as I say, it's a balance. You know, th there's a there's a certain roughing up that can that can shape you, that can polish you as a person and as a leader. Uh, but you you don't want to overdo it. You know. Yeah. You, you know, you, you you drop a brick on something. That's that's kind of the end of things. Versus applying a little bit of pressure can be very helpful. Yeah, there's a fine line, man. It's a fine line, definitely. So let's highlight um a little bit more on accountability, right? You know, I'm a I'm an executive wellness coach. I run a wellness concierge company, and I know that eighty percent of New Year's resolutions tend to fail by February. Eighty percent. That's that's the stats. You know. So how important do you feel? accountability is when it comes to coaching your clients? I think it's very accountable. Uh, very, very important to have accountability. Um, you know, the, the message from your 80%, I think ought not to be just don't, don't improve, don't, don't change, don't take on new things, don't grow. Uh, the message is that it's hard. And so you have to find ways to make it easier on yourself. And some of that is just studying the science of habit mm -hmm. and how habits are, are, are formed and likely to remain in place. But Accountability is incredibly important. And, and honestly, if I have a private client who's paying me directly out of their own pocket to be on this journey with them, uh, they're, they're invested, they're ready, they're primed, and they're, they're going to do it. And I had this question early on from a prospective client, and it was just, it was so succinctly put that I had to grab it, turn it into a blog post and kind of roll it over and over in my head, which is why shouldn't I just do this myself? Why shouldn't I buy the books on leadership? Why shouldn't I you know, make myself a plan, write it down in a notebook and go do it. And I said, maybe you should, you know, all the power to you if you can. Uh, but some people need that partnership. A lot of them do. They need that accountability and they need someone who's going to kind of help guide them along the way toward a destination that they choose. And that's important too. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you where you should grow or where you should end up. That is, that is at the client's discretion. My job is to help them navigate there. Yes, indeed, man. The DIY process, even although it's good and it helps, it helps us to grow, but sometimes it takes a long time, right? Having to go through all those mistakes could be easily avoided by working with with an expert. Yes. Like, like early, earlier this week, um, my radiator was acting up. I went I went through the YouTube trying to figure out the problem. Then I realized, what am I doing? I'm not an expert, so I had to call. <laughs> Uh, you know, a person that was skilled in that department. And he yeah. came through within a few minutes, he was able to resolve the issue, right? So it's yeah. all about working with the right professionals, man. <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, you know, the self-aware leader is the one who knows when they're outgunned, when they need to call in some backup and and get the job done professionally versus the amount of time and energy it would take to, to learn how to do the thing, if that's even important. Like, you're not going to be fixing radiators for the rest of your life, so it's probably not a good investment of time and energy, unless you just have a genuine curiosity about it and you like to tinker and take things apart and it would add to your, you know, your life somehow to take that on. Uh, but, but I agree. I, I think there can be a, a, a tremendous uh, waste of effort and energy 
in either thinking something's going to be easier than it is or that you have to do everything yourself. Yes, indeed. So it's, right now it's, it's storytelling time. All right. Now we get to dive into the good stories, right? The, the wins. So I want you to share with us a time that you helped to take one of your, your coaching clients to the next level over a hurdle and, and above. Right. So if you're mind sharing one of your stories, man, I'm excited to listen. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I'll do, <clears throat> excuse me, is I'll share a moment in time that happened okay. a couple of weeks ago, uh, not concerning a particular client, but actually a couple of them. And just to give you a sense of kind of the variety of the work. Uh, so I had one client who emailed me who was very thankful that he was successfully able to negotiate a good employment contract for himself. Not a contract lawyer. Uh, I'm not an advisor on you know employment and legal matters, but it's a topic that definitely has come up from time to time with clients. Okay. And he, based on our work together, was able to gather his wits about him and, and do what he needed to do. And he got the deal that he deserved and he felt really good about it. And he just emailed to let me know uh, that he appreciated my support in, in doing that, which felt awesome. And in the same day, I heard from another client who had been in a job for two plus decades and was hiring me to work through a transition. And he managed to resign. He, he put in his notice and the, the moment that he was both anticipating and dreading leading up to that point, had passed and having laid down that burden and kind of started to take a look at what the rest of his life was going to look like afterwards, he was feeling, you know, lighter. He was feeling like he had more air and energy around him and he wanted to share that too. So, you know, the moral of that story for me is that clients come in at different points in their careers and in their lives and they're looking to get to different places and you don't always get to experience the impact of the work. So when you do, when you get two emails like that in a day, that's an awesome day. Yeah. Because sometimes for clients, the impact that you're going to have on your work with them uh, is six months down the line. The engagement's over and you may never hear about it. And in the case of, of my original work with my original executive coach, I worked with her twice. So we have that impact. But now, seven, eight, nine years later that I'm a practicing coach myself, I still get to work with her professionally as a colleague. Mm. So the impact of that very first coaching engagement is now spanning many, many, many years. So I, yeah. I, I love thinking about the impact of an engagement across multiple time horizons like that. That's amazing right there, man. And it, it definitely, definitely, um, it's, it, it adds value, man. It adds value. It is something that's important and it works. You know, it's not something that's just a one-time thing. You know, my saying is everything matters. That's, that's what I, that's the saying that I decided to focus on last year and this year and forever, everything matters, you know? So whatever, engagement you come across the relationship you you build it all matters man it all, it all adds up towards making you who you are today and it makes it makes you a better person it makes you um to strive to want to be better mm -hmm. you know so definitely so alan i want to know this question man i know as coaches we have different reasons for being coaches but what drives you I think what drives me is a curiosity. Uh, I'm interested in learning. I'm interested in growth, both for myself and on behalf of the people that, uh, that I coach. So I'm curious about their stories and their situations. And uh, I'm an introvert, but I'm a social one. So I get to meet different people and hear their stories for a living, which I think is, is, is fascinating and amazing. And I'm a nonprofit and government guy, for the most part, living on the East Coast. Uh, and so that was where my contacts and my expertise were prior to becoming a coach. 
And now I've coached people all over the world, as you said in the intro, and mm -hmm. I've coached in not just nonprofits and government, but also healthcare and finance and education and high tech and consumer packaged goods. And these are areas that I knew very little about before becoming a coach. So it's expanded my worldview. It's expanded my network. Uh, and the act of uh, being a business owner is, is something that I was not very familiar with before I did it. I had spent 20 plus years working for other people before working for myself. And the freedom and the flexibility I love, uh, the ability to have time to do things with my family when they're around, even if it's during the business day without having to ask permission is amazing. The ability to set my schedule according to when I work best, when I have the most energy to bring forward for my clients is mm -hmm. amazing. Definitely. And there is, and I'm sure you know this because you've lived it every single day, there's, there's something that just feels so honest and direct about knowing that every time I send out an invoice, every time I bring in a dollar, that is directly tied to the efforts that I put forth into the world, uh, which feels awesome. So all of these things are what get me out of the bed and uh, into the world's shortest commute downstairs to my home office to, to do my work every day. There you go, man. And that's amazing, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. So are you currently working on any new projects um, today? Um, and also, I see that book behind you, man. Talk to us about your book. Yes. Yeah, so maybe I'll start with the second question first. So late last year, I published a book called Don't Just Have the Soup, and it's 52 analogies for leadership, coaching, and life. And the reason is that we're human beings and we're almost hardwired to think about things in stories. So I found analogies coming up over and over and over again in my coaching practice. Either I would just come up with one on the fly and scribble it down, or my client would say something that really just kind of boiled the situation down into terms that both of us could understand. And I started to realize these could actually be useful to other people. So I started a series of blog posts last spring, and it became a collection, which became a book, as illustrated by my wife, who's an art teacher, and uh, gave us the opportunity to do something professionally for the first time ever. So... You can find that at thesoupbook.com. Uh, it's available where major booksellers uh, like to hang out online. And I've just been really heartened by the reception to it because even if you don't have the ability to connect with me as a one-on-one -on -one client, because I only work with but so many people a year, a lot of folks in my network have been picking this up and sharing little anecdotes from it. And I had a client actually quote me back from my own book uh, last week <laughs> during the session, which was amazing. That's awesome. uh, so that's, yeah, that's the book. And so I'm thinking about what else can I do with that this year? I'm thinking about, could it be a, a workshop? Could it be an on-demand class? Uh, I'm interested in podcasting, not just being a guest, but, but potentially being a host someday. Don't know if I'm making that commitment into the universe just yet, because I know it's it's a big thing to bite off. Um, but workshops and facilitation and speaking are things that I'm all hoping to do more of in 2022. You know, pending the COVID situation, a lot of that work has been on Zoom. Uh, but continuing to develop those in addition to working with my one-on-one -on -one clients is, is kind of the plan for the year. Uh, also, the plan for the year is not to make any firm plans because if anything <laughs> the last couple of years have taught me, it's be flexible, be nimble. Yeah. You, you don't know what next week is going to look like. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But I think going going um, going towards that podcast route might be very beneficial. You have the voice for it, man. You have the voice to be a phenomenal podcast host, man. So I think appreciate about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, technical <laughs> skills and know-how and, you know, booking guests and all that stuff to follow later. But uh, I know I appreciate it and, and spoken from one who, who knows the field well. So for sure. Awesome. So if someone were to inquire about your services or just wants to connect with you, where can they find you, Alan? Yeah, so my website is PeacefulDirection.com. Always okay. love having the 30-minute introductory coaching session with a potential client. Uh, I've got a screening tool to fill out beforehand. Uh, and it's a real good way for me to get to know somebody and for them to get to know me. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. 
Awesome, awesome. Alan, thank you for coming on today's episode of How May I Serve You? And uh, thank all the viewers for coming on and letting us the ears and the eyeballs. But my last question to you is, how may I serve you, Alan? Thomas, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you and your audience today. I, I think the short answer is that you already have, because your, your mission here is to introduce folks that seem interesting to you to a broader audience uh, and to use that conversation as a means of, of doing good in the world. So uh, I'll think about it, but I, I think that box has already been checked even before we started talking today. So thank you so much for that. You're very welcome. Again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone that would benefit from this. And also make sure to tune in to next week's episode and take care of yourself. Be blessed and cheers. We out. Yeah.